Hardy's signature Frisco burger and Frisco breakfast sandwich are the kind of goodness people drive across town for. Classic favorites on a toasted sourdough bun. Only at Hardy's. Goodness in the making. Participation may vary. Welcome into the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway on X, formerly known as Twitter. And with me, as always, here, Matt Sells, at The Salesman on X, formerly known as Twitter. Matt, how is everything going for you, my friend? Uh, things are not too bad. A little under the weather today, but, you know, we press on. Too much sports to deal with to, uh, you know, let a little cold get me down. It's that season, man. Everybody's sports calendars are full, especially if you're following as many sports as I do. So, you know, no sleep for the for, for the sports fans in the fall. A.K.A. the Wicked. Ain't no rest for the Wicked, A.K.A. the sports fans at this point. And fun time right now, too, over at Fantasy Alarm. We're starting to get a bunch of we're now, I guess, I guess technically we're still preseason ass. We're basically ready for week one. We're week yeah, one we're, action. We're two days before the official NFL kickoff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we'll cut the preseason crap out. We're we're here. It's week one over at Fantasy Alarm. Bunch of in-season football content now rolling out. We've had a couple of the DFS coaches come out as well. So if you're getting ready for some week one NFL DFS action, you can get that. And if you're not already a subscriber, get all pro. That's the subscription plan that you are going to want to get everything that you need. Matt, we're going to talk about our normal things here that we talk early on in the week, talk a little injuries. We'll do some flavor of the week. And then, of course, we'll do everyone's favorite game show at the end of Name That Player. But first and foremost, I have to ask you this before we get into the injuries. Yankees are on a little run of late. I believe they swept the Astros in their recent series, which is like the first time since like 1743 that they have done that against the Astros. But ultimately... Is it too little, too late for the Bronx Bombers? Yeah, it's a pretty packed AL. Um, I, I just think you can't get down that much and then try to come back with like four weeks left in the season. Plus, let's not forget, they still really don't have an answer in their pitching staff, right? Can anybody name me a full-time starter outside of Garrett Cole in their starting rotation? Right. I don't think so. Um, they've made more news off the field for a whole lot of stuff than they've made on the field. Um, sure, the Anthony Volpe deal, becoming the first Yankee rookie ever to have a 2020 season, impressive. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the 15th, I believe, rookie to have a 2020 season, joining Corbin Carroll this year as well. Um, that's nice, but I just don't think there's enough to get them down, you know, to get them to the finish line. Because let's not forget. They've got some AL East games coming down the stretch here, and everybody in the AL East would love nothing more than to keep the Yankees out of the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you run that division that long, everybody's going to hate you. So uh, I don't I don't see them making it. Um, I've waffled on whether or not Aaron Boone should be fired. I think you give him another shot. I think everybody else should be fired, though. Yeah, when you look – when you look at their schedule, too, I mean, right now, coming off the sweep of the Astros, they do get three with Detroit, which helps. Milwaukee, tougher, depending on what, you I know, mean, what they're arms you get their division, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and then Red Sox, which just inner division, that's going to be tough in its own right. And then they get Pittsburgh and then Toronto. So they got a couple ones in there. They should probably take care of business, but it's going to be those other ones, mainly Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto. What do they yeah. do in those series? That's going to be the biggest thing. 
Yeah, I mean, Boston would love nothing more than for the Yankees to lose, to miss out by the, you know, in the playoffs and then be the reason for it. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it just sets up for the Yankees being too far back. Um, Because the AL West, we basically know that I think three teams are making it. I don't think Texas is going to stumble all the way out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So that leaves realistically one wild card spot open. I don't. I don't know that they make up enough ground. Nor, nor do I. I don't think they'll make it. But it's interesting, and we'll talk about it a little bit later when we get into another segment. Let's talk about a couple of injuries here, Matt. Obviously, again, we are contractually obliged to talk about Shohei Otani. It's yes. written in our contract. It's that was a non-negotiable. We couldn't remove it, so we have to do it. Uh, but remove with right oblique tightness was actually scratched from the lineup. At this point, the season's done. You just put him in bubble wrap and call it a night. I mean, at this point, like he's gonna have to get his elbow addressed at some point. Now we got the oblique. Yeah, his agent, his agent said he was gonna undergo a procedure, but would not use the words Tommy John as if right. like speaking it into existence keeps it away or something. I don't correct. But I mean, at this point, what do the angels do with them? Like basically, just everything he does is just a historic feat. So I understand keep him out there for the headlines and tickets, but at some point, like do we protect this guy at all here? Because, I mean, they're pretty much done, let's be honest. I mean, it's such a weird spot for them, right? Like, if you believe that he's re-signing with the Angels and they have every interest in keeping him safe and shortening his time missed next year, because he's going to miss some time next year based on the elbow. If it's Tommy John, even if they bring him back to DH, you're looking at like a half a season missed, right? To pitch... That's out of the question next year, I uh, I believe, right? I mean, if it's Tommy John, it's certainly out of the question. Even if it's not and it's some sort of elbow cleanup thing or something, you're not getting a full season of pitching from him either way. Now you add this oblique to it. So, you know, we'll we'll talk about another oblique here in a little bit, but they take a couple of weeks at Mm -hmm. minimum, and then they're pretty easily – you know, re-injured if you're not careful. So if they believe he's re-signing, then they have every interest in keeping him healthy. If they don't think that they can re-sign him, that's where the interesting part comes. Do you try to get a week's worth of tickets out of him before he pieces out? Mm -hmm. Or do you say, we've had him for seven years, we've kept him, you know, Above, you know, everything we've done has been above board with him. So let's protect him so that he can, you know, get the most out of his free agency. Right. It's a very weird, very weird situation. Not as weird as Anthony Rendon, <laughs> but who, by the way, tried saying he didn't speak English today to the press. Uh, did you see that? Did you see that clip? I, I did not, but nothing surprises me. Anymore. Yeah, he, he walked into the clubhouse. A beat reporter said, "Hey, how's do we get an injury update today?" And he goes, "No habla inglés today." Which, by the way, ending the phrase with an English word—that's <laughs> pretty good—defeats <laughs> the purpose of saying "no habla inglés today." Then he put his hood up and walked out of the locker room. So it's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> I, I don't know, but. I think the Angels just write it out. I mean, I did see their fans say, thank God I got this alert that he was scratched before I got too far because I turned around and got Froyo instead of going to the game. So, Yeah, that lineup without him is – Tough times for Angels fans. Yeah, it's – 
it's an interesting one to say to say the least there with that team in that lineup. I like picking again against them and some player props. And DFS, a better lineup. But Tani's not point. in there. The A's or the Angels? Honestly, I think I can name more in the A's lineup <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like, I think that's I think that's where we we're at. Dudes on waivers still hitting homers for the Angels. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. Oh, what a team! What a time to be alive. The the Angels collapse of 2023. What a time to be alive. Another big arm. This one doesn't hit though, but another arm. Max Scherzer. This is an interesting little blend of terminology, wording. So I'm here to have you decipher basically what's going on. But ultimately, with Max Scherzer, was removed from his start. They said it was fatigue slash forearm. But they said that the forearm tightness was related to fatigue. And as of right now, as when we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, he is still slated for his next start. No update there. So what do we make of the Scherzer thing? Is it truly fatigue? Is it like he's a guy that consistently 200 plus innings so i don't necessarily think it's the innings but is it the amount of innings that he's worked under these new rules that has been kind of the bigger thing for him so i mean what what all do we make of the scherzer the scherzer ailment we'll call it he's old and has a lot of innings on his arm true and it's not exactly been an easy year for him right he started with the mets all hyped up then they suck then he throws the front office under the bus when he gets to Texas, whether he what he said was true or not, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you know, he aired some dirty laundry in the press, and then he gets to Texas, where they're a half game in front of Houston for the AOS lead, and now they're in third place. And the Mariners, who are out of the playoffs at the trade deadline, are now leading the division. Um, yeah. so it's been a wonky year. I do think that the pitch clock rules have played a role. He did make mention of it in spring training that Mm -hmm. he thought this might lead to some additional injuries for pitchers. Um, I don't know if he was trying to foreshadow or, or what the other possibility is that the Rangers are just playing head games with the Astros. Mm -hmm. Cause it's Verlander Scherzer is, is, is the matchup here that we're talking about that he's still slated to right maybe it's the rangers laying some you know laying some head games there with one of their rivals so that you know if he shows up and plays well and dominates they can say oh your lineup got destroyed by a 40 year old dude who's fatigued with arm issues right but at the same point that if they don't Oh, cool. It was a 40 year old dude with a lot of innings and arm issues. Good job. Good for you. You know, it's kind of, it's like a self handicap almost. Right. He he mad dogged it through there, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know. He's slated to make his next start. We'll see where that goes. If they scratch him before then, then, you know, then so be it. But right now, there's not really anything else to go into detail. Tell you what's really interesting, though, is I'm looking here at the Texas Rangers schedule. You know, they end the year with like seven games against Seattle. They go three with Seattle, three with Los Angeles, four with Seattle. Seven of their last 10 to end the year are with a AL West foe who they've been neck and neck with for the past little bit. Yeah. By far most most fun division to watch down the stretch. Things are going to be fun in the AL West. Yep. Not, but regardless. Not so, much, not so much for the Angels and A's. 
but yeah, yeah, correct. Three. The other three teams in that division. <laughs> um, but no, it'll be by far the most fun one to watch. And I still think at the end of it, no matter how it shakes out, three are getting in from that division. I think that's just how it's going to end up playing out. Yeah, I don't think anybody can close. Like, we know only the winner of the AO Central is getting in. Yeah. And then I think, you know, it's going to be Baltimore and Tampa from the AL East. They're too far ahead of anybody else to to let that slip. So, yeah. Yep, I would agree. I would agree with you there. You talked about oblique, a little foreshadowing here. Matt McClain, the really a, just a stud who came up for Cincinnati, was hitting home runs, stealing base, hitting for a reliable batting average. He went out with an oblique, just another Cincinnati infielder to go down. Matt McClain, the oblique, they say about two to three more weeks. So basically it's like last week of the season. So outside of fantasy managers that have something to play for, I mean, he's pretty much done all for all intents and purposes for this season. But let's kind of talk about like, Next year, because obviously he came up. I believe he had double-digit homers and double-digit steals. Obviously, it's yes. a very good home park for him. I mean, just how high of a draft pick can he be next year? Like top fifty, top seventy-five. Like, is that is that too is that too bold, too aggressive? I think top fifty is a little high. Okay, top one hundred. Certainly, top one hundred. What about top seventy-five? What about top eighty? What about top eighty-one? <laughs> yeah, we're getting really <laughs> putting over under an 80 and a half here. What, just give me something we, here. What are we thinking? Are we thinking 80, 82? So, I mean, I mean, just I mean, seriously, though, just how high can he be? Because we I we saw a good bit of fantasy juice from him here and what we saw here in 2023. We did, but my question to you is how does this infield shake out coming into next year? Well, that's a great question. Because you have to assume like They've called up everybody, right? But let's not forget that Joey Votto was injured for a good chunk of the year, Mm -hmm. so that gave up some at-bats. Jonathan India has been in and out of that lineup. Nick Senzel has been in and out of that lineup, right? So you've got Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacio-Strand and – you know, Matt McLean came up. Noel V. Marte is now going to take probably the bats that Matt McLean was mm-hmm. getting. Yep. So there's another guy who plays short and third. And so I just don't like it's gonna be interesting to see who gets at bats where because like they have everybody that can play everywhere, and you're not gonna play them all at the same time. Right. Yeah, and India is not even a free agent until after twenty twenty six, right? So he's got a couple more years. Are you? I mean, trading, like trade him for an arm? He was rumored to be traded. Maybe, maybe that's the play. I mean, get another arm to go with Lodolo Green and Abbott. I mean, they have. I mean, they just drafted um, Rhett Louder, who should be a pretty quick to the. Majors guy, so like I mean, they do have Graham. Well, they have Graham Ashcraft, but I'm not going to get too excited over him. No, I mean that's that's someone. I think some they're going to have to move somebody. I think ultimately that's what's going to happen. I say they probably keep Maul for the beginning of the year, just kind of ride things out and see how it goes. But like, I mean, Vado DHs you can play Encarnacion and Strand at first, but then you got like oh, McClain, so that's your plays everywhere. Yeah, so, so like... you can move him around or put him at first, McLean. But then you got McLean. Pretty much the only one without flexibility is Jonathan India. And yeah. McLean can play second or short. Ellie De La Cruz can play third or short. Like, 
I don't know. Do you move them around? I, I think that's what you're almost going to have to do. Do you let, I think that's pretty much it. And then Spencer Steer is basically going to become like the better, but like Ben Zobras, he's going to have like eligibility at six different positions and yep. just play every day, albeit probably at a different position every other day. Hey, but that's great for fantasy managers because if he's going to hit and has all those positions, you can sign me up for that. No questions asked. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a lovely problem for Seattle to have, but if you're asking me where Matt McLean goes, I think it's entirely based on at-bats because if you're saying he gets 600 at-bats, then sure, he's a top 75 player. Yeah. But if you're telling me he only gets 450 at-bats because they're pulling the Tampa Bay Chicago Cubs card of everybody just goes everywhere and who knows who the heck's going to sit each day, Mm -hmm. I think that that limits his upside. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he did play 89 games this year. Not an exact science, but basically double his numbers, 30 home runs, 28 stolen bases. So, I mean, there's definitely 25-25 with the proper number of bats to do it. Right. And that's going to be the question. Is there enough of bats to go around in Cincinnati? That'll be one to watch. And then quickly put, just kind of a – I don't want to call it a throwaway, but I'm going to call it a throwaway for the sake of this. Can fantasy manager expect anything from Walker Bueller here in the regular season? For, I mean, obviously they're playoffs now, but for like in the major league baseball regular season, it seems like if anything, Bueller might make his way into the playoffs, throw an inning or two and be done and just be basically be a reliever in the postseason if Dodgers even choose to do that. I mean, he just made his first appearance in like over a year. So yeah, he just, I might be moving a little fast, in. but and it, I mean, it was two innings. It, yeah, uh, he's not starting a game in the postseason even so, but he's he would be, you know, maybe someone goes out there and gets rocked, they need two innings, he could come in and do that for them if they even want to do that. I mean, do you think they will? It's the Dodgers. Correct. So anything is possible. But let's play devil's advocate, and he goes out his next start, which is in a couple of days, the next rehab start, and goes, let's say, three and change. Okay. And then the next one after that, so you're talking third week of September, is four and change. Mm-hmm. He could come back and get one start in the Dodgers rotation before the playoffs and get up to five innings if they take that step. Now, I don't know that that's the normal step coming back from Tommy John, but it's the Dodgers and life gets in the way. Julio Urias, who the hell knows what's going to happen with that guy. He's a schmuck. Uh, but they might need a starter. He might be pushed into – do I think he goes a full five? No. But he might be a two or three inning opener. I was going to say they could go opener. It's possible. Try to get three or four innings out of him. So, But for the at least for the regular season, even if he were to come back and they were to say in that final week of the season he's going to make a start, fantasy managers, you just can't expect no. much. He may throw three or four innings. You have Correct. to be – Pretty desperate, I would say. He's not going to throw enough innings to qualify for a win. Yeah. And it's literally the last week of the season. So he's not going to do anything for your ratios or the four strikeouts he's going to get you. Isn't going to help at all either. Yep. I agree with you there, Matt. It's the early week edition. So it's time for flavor of the week. I'm going to let you go first because what you were talking about is something that is a newfound love of mine. So I will let you, I'll let you go first. So we get a little crossover here. A, it's a product that I like uh, a lot of their flavors of. B, it's a NASCAR sponsor, so I'm supporting a sport that I follow. 
and it's helpful this time of year. We're talking about, I'm specifically talking about Celsius energy drinks. Now, if there's others that you like, let it be Prime, Alani's, whatever, you know, you want to do, fine. But this is the time of year where you're going to have to start to like energy drinks if you want to be good at both fantasy, the end of fantasy baseball and the beginning of fantasy football. Because you can't win your league in the first four weeks of fantasy football, but you could sure lose it. Can you lose playoff spots in the last or standings in the last few weeks of fantasy baseball? Yeah. If you're not up to date with, you know, prospects that come up or the injuries. And, you know, we had um, Ryan Stanek went down for the Astros. What what happens with their holds and their bullpen? Now, you're going to need some caffeine to help you stay focused and awake during this last stretch here. Celsius, usually pretty good for me. Like, it keeps me focused. All sorts of good. But whatever energy drink works for you, that's my flavor of the week, is we're going to need some energy drinks during September because there's <clears throat> way too much sports going on. To, uh, and life, obviously. You know, I, it's not like I'm not married with two kids that are busy. So <laughs> energy drinks to the rescue. Yep. I'm a big Celsius fan. Usually I drink it before I work out or a little bit beforehand, get that little kick. So I am all aboard the Celsius train with you there. That's just my preferred energy drink. But any of them will work in this also time. Keto, for those of you who follow keto, it's keto approved. Yep. Mine, the classic age-old conversation of should we eat out but we have food here okay had this conversation last night it's it's a weekly thing yep. sometimes daily yep. you know you go grocery shop and you get all this and then four days later you're like we don't have any food i don't like it's anything like, i bought we have food we just you just might not like what we have so what i equated this to and i kind of tease it in the beginning but we had talked about the yankees of it being is it too little too late they had a problem with their offense they have always been a team that goes out and tries to basically buy off the shelf. They go get something to try to fix it. Did they have their best options in their house the entire time? Yeah, they just didn't call them up in time. Yep. So Everton Pereira, Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells. Was what I mean, again, are those three going to be guys that you know flip your season on its head and take you from, you know, not in three weeks, no. Not in three weeks, no, but the sort of spark that they provided the W's that have come since it's something to consider. So sometimes, you know, you may have just that plain boring old chicken breast sitting in the freezer. Sometimes just thought slap some seasoning on it and it may be better than whatever you're going to go out and get anyway. So never underestimate the food that you have in house. And maybe the Yankees will actually start using some of these prospects rather than just trying to go out and buy everybody because sometimes the best options are already in your house. Yeah, I mean that's been the that's been the drag on the Yankees for a while is that they've had all these highly rated prospects and then they come up and they don't necessarily do anything, so people start to doubt yep. prospects. I mean, Dominguez, guy's got an awesome nickname, by the way, the Martian. Yes, hard to hard to get <laughs> better nickname than than that. Austin Wells, pretty good. Everson Pereira should have come up about two months ago to be perfectly honest but yep i agree there. oh you know so, what it helped too not letting what? jordan montgomery go probably just an arm that toes the rubber every five days would be a pretty nice yeah and you know what they don't have. even have harrison bader on the roster anymore <laughs> yep they they sure don't matt it's time everyone's favorite game show name that player player one 
AL Central infielder. So since August 1st, I'm the only player in Major League Baseball with qualified number of at-bats with 10 home runs and 10 stolen bases. And in fact, I'm the only qualified hitter with at least 10 home runs and five stolen bases since August 1st. It was a pretty slow start for me. Some fantasy managers who already invested a very, very, very high pick into me were a bit worried, but I've been even better than last season. And I'm staring down the barrel of a 30 home run, 40 stolen base season. The question is, how high am I drafted next year, despite a likely year of another garbage offense around me? Matt, who am I talking about here? Or who am I? Who so, am I talking about me in this case? You would be talking about Bobby Witt Jr. Sure would. Now, I know the Vinny P injury, not his fault and everything like that. But even with Vinny P there, I mean, there are still, what, maybe a slightly below average offense instead of a way below average offense. I mean... I mean, yeah, but we've seen this in baseball where the guys who are in bad offenses still put up good numbers. For sure. It's possible. A little help would be nice. Trout's been surrounded by terrible offenses most of his career, and he still puts up Mickey Mantle-esque numbers. Right. Right? It's not like like football where if you're the only wide receiver target, you have to, you know, kind of be taken with a grain of salt because everybody knows that's where the ball's going, so Mm -hmm. it's harder to put up the numbers. You know... before the season, I was completely wrong about Rafael Devers. I thought that offense was going to be trash. Devers wasn't going to put up the numbers he we were used to. He's had a pretty good season. Same thing with Bobby Witt Jr. And by the way, is it amazing that you can make an argument that the Royal that the Orioles wouldn't have been wrong taking Adley or Bobby Witt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both would be winners in my eyes. I mean, could you imagine that offense if they had Gunner and Bobby Witt? Could you imagine it with Gunner and Adley? I mean, I still think you're good. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine what's happening in real life right now? I know. And by the way, Jackson Holiday got promoted to AAA. I know. Man's 19 years old. Yep. Not even a – can we call him a man at 19 years old? Like, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you can. You can. I guess. Um, Bobby Witt. Okay, so a guy like him. I still take him in the top five picks next year. I was going to say how high. I, I, I was thinking I can't he's putting see him up getting the past. Same numbers. He's putting up, I mean, better. not the same numbers as Acuna, but like he's in that range. I would say anything past fifth would be a steal for Witt. As of we're talking today in Correct. September of 2023. That's I mean, what I see. it's a 30-40 season. Yeah. How many dudes can you realistically go into next year assuming give you a 30-40 season? Acuna, Bobby Witt, maybe Corbin Carroll? Maybe. Yeah. Can't say Julio Rodriguez. I don't think he steals that many bases. I don't think Trey Turner is going to, even if he bounces back, he's only surpassed 40 twice in his career. Correct. So maybe not. Yeah. I mean, it's on one hand for sure. You're talking like maybe three dudes. Yeah. Because Trout doesn't steal that many anymore either. Yeah. And Otani won't. Otani won't get to 40. No, because he's gonna play. He's only gonna play like a half a season anyway. Right. So yep. All right. Player number two, NL Central starter. Here we go. Uh, this is an impressive run, but over yep. my last seven starts, I'm five and zero with a 171 ERA, a 69 to 10 strikeout to walk ratio with a 44.2% strikeout rate. For my career, I am known to be very streaky yet also very injury prone, which usually is what keeps my price in fantasy baseball drafts a bit um, suppressed. But I simply put, have been a fantasy ace of late. Can I remain a fantasy ace through 
the fantasy baseball playoffs. Matt, what NL Central starter am I talking about? And do you have faith in this right-hander? There's another hint for you. So I believe that that run has been compiled by one Mr. Freddie Peralta of the Milwaukee Brewers. It is. The strikeouts are there. He stayed healthy. This is the best version of him. That's always been his thing. If you stay healthy, he is an elite strikeout guy. Consistently in, well, I guess you could consistently say consistent. inconsistent. Yeah, I guess you could say that. He's very consistent with what he is. It's just you never know when the streak's coming, when the injury's coming, exactly. yada, yada, yada. But he's been damn good. Do I think he's this good the rest of the way? No. But do I think he falls off a cliff? No. I think yeah. he's going to fall a little bit. But you're still going to get elite strikeout stuff, good ratios for a winning team who's trying to lock down a division. And sometimes that's all you can ask for. And you'll be happy with it. So it is what it is there. But that'll do it for this week's edition. You can give me a follow on X formerly Twitter at Colby R. Conway. Matt Sells is at The Salesman. And make sure you head over to fantasyalarm.com. Become an all pro subscriber. You can still try it free for seven days. Get you access to all of our fantasy football stuff, our DFS content. Get ready for week one. Houston's covering against Baltimore. I've said it. And there's going to be a lot of other great access that you get, including Discord, so you can chat with Matt and I directly to help your fantasy baseball teams in the playoffs, as well as in the NFL channels. Shoot the breeze about some NFL, DFS, and redraft content. Once again, head over to FantasyAlarm.com. Become an all-pro subscriber. Follow Matt and I on X, formerly known as Twitter. And we will see you later this week with the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast.